In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Well, as I mentioned at the beginning of the service uh, this morning, uh, last week we took a look at what it means to be a disciple, and we tried to answer that simple but crucial question, what is a disciple? And uh, we saw that to be a disciple is simply to follow Jesus, to go where he goes, and to follow his lead. And we saw that a life of discipleship wasn't defined and shaped primarily by our doing, by what we do for Jesus or what we do for other people, but a life of discipleship was primarily defined by what we've received, by the word of Jesus which comes to us, by the grace upon grace which he has poured out upon us, and that's what makes us who we are. That's what makes us a disciple. A disciple is a a follower of Jesus who has received his amazing gifts of grace and forgiveness and love. Well, this week we're going to continue our look at what it means and, and actually what it looks like to be a disciple. And that's because today's reading from Matthew 5 begins where last week's reading from Matthew chapter 4 ended. And if you would like to flip there in your bulletin, I invite you to do so. Matthew chapter 5, it was our gospel reading. And we see there at the beginning of the reading that Jesus has gathered together his disciples. He's, he's gotten together the group for one of the very first times to begin to describe for them or to begin to paint them a picture of what a life of discipleship looks like. And really, that's what I believe this section which is uh, called the Beatitudes. It's one of the more famous and recognizable sections of all Scripture. That's what's going on here. Uh, Jesus is describing what it looks like and what it means to be a disciple. And uh, whether you had heard this passage many times before or whether this was the first time that you came across this passage, I think probably the the first thing that stands out to many of us are the blessings that Jesus pronounces, right? Nine times Jesus pronounces blessings upon his disciples. He says, blessed are the ones, or blessed are you. Uh, Jesus is telling his disciples that to be a disciple, to, to be a follower of him, to believe in him, is to live a life of blessing. Discipleship equals blessings. And then I think we see throughout that that tied to each one of those blessings is a promise, that, that, that the blessings that Jesus pronounces upon his disciples flow out of the amazing promises that he makes to them, promises that they will inherit the kingdom of heaven and earth, uh, that there will be joy and gladness in the midst of hardships. He makes promises that there will be peace, that they will be shown mercy, that they will be filled up with all good things in Christ. Uh, we see that to be a disciple is to live a life of blessing. It is to receive these amazing promises. And I think for those of us here who consider ourselves believers of Jesus and who, who, who seek to be his disciples, this is good news for us, isn't it? To know that to be his disciple is to live a life of overwhelming and abundant blessing. And if you're here today believing in Jesus, uh, the promise that he makes to us is that, that you are blessed. Now I think, like I said, that's meant to be a comfort. Um, and I know that for some of us here today, maybe we're questioning that. We're questioning the blessing. And Maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, how can this be? Because I, I look at my life and, and, and my job is a mess. Uh, or maybe you don't have a job and you're thinking, where's the blessing in that, right? Or, or your kids, they don't listen to you. Or, or they've grown up and they don't talk to you anymore. And, and where's the blessing there? Or, or maybe you look at your life and think, my, my finances are running on empty. Or I'm dealing with cancer. Or I'm watching a loved one die. And, and where's the blessing? How How can Jesus say that I am blessed as his disciple? And so there's two things. Maybe Jesus is just wrong, uh, or maybe I'm not a disciple. Maybe I thought I was, but my life isn't blessed, so I must not be. And if that's where you're at today, um, I hear you. And I promise you, actually, I should say Jesus promises you, though, that, that if you are a disciple, that is, if you simply believe in him, you are overwhelmingly and abundantly blessed. 
The problem, I think, though, is that we sometimes have a misconstrued notion of what a blessing is. And we consider things blessings, and, and we call things blessings that Jesus never did or never would. And we, we simply have a misunderstanding of what a truly blessed life looks like. I was actually reading a New York Times article this week uh, that was a couple years old, but I just kind of stumbled across it. And uh, the author of this article was a woman, and she was commenting on how that word blessing really means so many different things now. And she was almost lamenting the fact that the word blessing used to have this deeply spiritual connotation, that blessings were deeply spiritual gifts from God. Uh, But now we use the word blessing or blessed in all sorts of different ways. We often say it when we simply mean that we feel lucky or fortunate. We call ourselves blessed. Uh, The author made this really astute observation that I really connected with is, and that is we often call ourselves blessed or or talk about blessings when we're trying to humbly brag about something. She posted a lot of different examples of this, and she said she would uh, look at her social media and she would have friends that would post these pictures of exotic vacations, expensive vacations to the other side of the world, and uh, uh, underneath the picture they would write, I'm so blessed, right? And she thought that was their way just to brag about this expensive trip that they were able to take and kind of clothe it in humility and say, oh, I'm just blessed. Or or the football player who throws the game-winning touchdown, right, and is interviewed after the game and brags about how great it was and at the end it says, oh, I'm just blessed to be here. Or or, or the friend that shows off their new expensive diamond ring and, and, and shows everyone in the office about it and in the end just says, I am so blessed. Sometimes we use that word as, as a way to be able to brag about something without seeming uh, too haughty. And then she noticed the even kind of sillier ways that we talk about blessings. And uh, so she went through her social media feeds, Facebook and, and Twitter and all that, and she kind of looked at all the ways that her friends were using the word blessed, and there were some awfully silly ways. One of her friends wrote this. Uh, one of her friends wrote, I just caught the piece of bacon that fell out of my sandwich before it hit the ground. Blessed. Right? <laughs> or, or, or I found half-off strawberries at Trader Joe's today. Blessed. Right? And, and that made the author of this article wonder, and it made me think about it too. All right, so what is a blessing, right? Are half-off strawberries at Trader Joe's, is that really a blessing from God? Or uh, is saving the piece of bacon that falls out of your sandwich before it hits the ground, is that really a blessing? Is, uh, is the football player throwing the game-winning touchdown, is that a blessing from God? I mean, does God really care about who wins the football game? Is the expensive ring or the exotic trip to the other side of the world, is that really a blessing or is it just a waste of money. What is a blessing? Uh, and so it got me thinking, uh, along with the author of this article, what is a, a blessing anyway? And I began to think of the ways that we often uh, judge uh, our lives, of whether we're blessed or not. And, and so here are just some of the ways and some of the things that we consider blessings. And often these are the indicators of, of living a blessed life. That is, if we have these things, money, homes, cars, happiness in our hearts, families, the toys of life. If we have these things, then we consider ourselves blessed. And uh, if, if we have more of them than others, then we're really blessed. And if we don't have these things, then we don't consider ourselves to be blessed. And if we have some of these things, but not very much, maybe then our, our blessedness is in question. These tend to be the, the indicators or the judges of, of living a blessed life. And, and we consider these things, we just kind of take it for granted uh, that these things are blessings. Of course, your home is a blessing of course, the happiness in your heart, that's a blessing from God. And and these are the judges or the indicators of living a a blessed life. But then we take a look at Matthew chapter 5 for today. And uh, Jesus gives a whole different set of indicators of what it looks like 
to live a blessed life. Jesus' list is going to look awfully different than this one. This is, this is how Jesus describes the blessed life. Notice that there's no cars, there's no homes, there's no even happiness in our hearts. Uh, there's no food on the table here. And so Jesus uh, tells us, do you want to know if you're living a really blessed life? Do you want to know if, if you're living a life of blessing? Well, are you spiritually poor? You know, do you have nothing to offer God? Do you come to God with empty hearts and empty hands, with, with nothing to give back? Are you spiritually empty? Well, if you are, consider yourselves blessed. He doesn't say you are blessed when you're riding high and you have happiness filling your life, but what does he say in the second one? Blessed are you when you mourn. How do you know if you're living a blessed life when you're grieving and mourning the brokenness and sin in this world, when you're grieving the loss of someone who has been taken from you by by death? Then you know that you are blessed. He lists a a bunch of different ones. We don't have time to go through all of them, but, but think about the last one. Maybe that's the most backwards of all. Jesus doesn't say you are blessed when you're living a comfortable, easy life of luxury, but blessed are you when you're going through persecution. How do you know if you're blessed when people revile you and mock you and make fun of you and and call you names and, and hurt you? When you're persecuted, that's when you know that you are blessed. These are the indicators Jesus gives of, of whether or not we're living a blessed life. Again, no cars, no homes, no money in our pocketbooks, not even happiness in our hearts, but mourning, emptiness, hungering and thirsting for a righteousness which we cannot see in this world. This is how we know that we are blessed. See, I think Jesus is trying to open up our eyes to an even greater world of blessings which he is ready to pour out. See, Jesus has blessing upon blessing, gift upon gift to his people. He makes amazing promises to us, and each of the blessings that he pronounces is tied to a promise. He, he promises even greater gifts than cars and homes and money in our pockets. He promises his children that, that they will inherit the kingdom of heaven, that they will have this comfort of Jesus from the forgiveness of sins which the world can never give. He promises mercy and fullness that we will be made children of God. He promises gladness and joy. You see, Jesus promises even when we have nothing, when we come to him empty-handed, poor and alone and hurt and full of sin, it's in the midst of our emptiness that he fills us up with his even greater gifts. Because you see, these things are temporary, but the gifts and the promises that Jesus makes are everlasting. And today he is opening up the eyes of his disciples. He's opening up our eyes to see the the true blessings, the greater blessings, the eternal blessings that he pours upon his children. Now this, I think, is a lesson. Uh, Living in the culture and the time and the country that we do, uh, it's going to take us a long time to learn, I think. Probably even a lifetime for most of us to begin to see uh, blessings through the eyes of Jesus. And to not uh, judge our lives and our blessedness by the cars and the homes and the money and the happiness, but rather the promises, the unseen promises that are received by faith. It's going to take a long time, a continual process for most of us. I was taught this lesson, though, about what true blessings are, uh, through God's word, as we all are, uh, but also through an experience I had. Uh, It was actually uh, on a mission trip I took to El Paso, Texas, the one that some of us are going to be going on at the end of March. And yet, I have to say before I tell the story that my experience was not unique. And in fact, anyone here who has uh, done a mission trip or, or far away or a local service project or, or gone to experience maybe the inner city of Chicago in, in the poverty or hunger there, even the, the summer suppers that we provide uh, on Saturdays here in the summer, has probably had a similar experience in, in reaction as I did. 
Uh, but anyway, for me, it happened in El Paso, Texas. I, I went down there to serve, and we were working on the home of a woman who quite literally had just about nothing to her name. We were trying to build her a new home because the house that she was living in was this worn-out trailer that had holes in the roof and the floors so the water would just pour in when it rains. And, and she was trying her best to provide for her family, her kids. She was a single mom, struggling to put food on the table, although that didn't always happen. She had come to the outskirts of El Paso, come to America, literally running for her life uh, from Juarez, Mexico, which at that time, about 10 years ago, had been overrun by the drug cartels who fought for control of the city, who ran the city through violence and murder. And uh, she had watched, she told us these stories, story after story, she had watched her friends and her family members and her neighbors be killed, walking innocently in the streets on their way to work. She had had friends and family members shot and killed in her own front yard. And, And eventually she had had enough and she said, I can't do this anymore. I can't raise my kids here. She didn't know where to go. She didn't have Uh, resources uh, of her own. She didn't have family to go to, and so she simply ran. And she she ended up on the outskirts of El Paso, where we found her and began to help her. And and so we spent a week trying our best to provide for her. And and I remember coming home, and this is where maybe our, our experiences are the same, maybe where you've had a similar experience. We came home, and the team that had gone down to serve, we we met each other a week later at church, and we're talking about the trip and just reflecting on it. And and uh, we said what, what many of us say after times like this. We said, wow, we are so blessed, right? You know, that trip, it really made me appreciate how blessed we are. As I, as I slept last night in my comfortable bed and, and with the roof over my head, I realized how blessed I am. And, and then I went to work in my nice car to the job that pays the bills, and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I am blessed. And then I came home with the family around the table and the, uh, the food on the table, and, and we thought to ourselves, oh my goodness, how blessed are we? But after reading Matthew 5 this week, I, I began to question that. I had always just taken it for granted, right? Of course I'm blessed. I got the home, I got the car, I, I got the food on the table, and the family that loves me, the happiness that fills my heart. But... But then I began to think of the words of the woman who we had served. You see, she said that she was blessed. This woman who had nothing to her name, barely a house to live in, sometimes no food on the table for her children, who had ran for her life from violence, who had watched relatives and friends be killed. She called herself blessed. And yet here we were in America saying, oh my goodness, we are so blessed because of the home and the house and the money and, and the happiness. So which one of us was right? Well, today I think the words of Jesus teach us an important lesson. That the blessings that he gives, that the promises he makes are far, far greater than the homes and the cars and the money in our pocket. That the, that the, the true indicator of living a blessed life, that the real and greater and eternal blessings come from his hand, come from faith, and they can't be held in our palms and they can't be seen with our eyes. You see, that woman, although she had nothing, she was blessed overwhelmingly and abundantly blessed because she believed in Jesus. Because she did, because she followed him, she was forgiven, she was loved. She was blessed. Brothers and sisters, everyone here today who believes in Jesus is blessed, just like she was. Whether you feel it or not, whether you have the material things you long for or not, you are blessed. And, and having that confidence in the promises of Jesus, of his life, of his love, of his cross for us, that then frees us to give away those things that we once considered blessings, 
the comfort, the luxury, the, the homes, all of it. We can give it away to those who are in need because we realize that we have an even greater blessing. We have the promises of God which cannot be taken, which are not temporary, which last into eternity. Brothers and sisters, everyone here today who believes in Jesus and is therefore his disciple is blessed. In Jesus' name.